Hi, I'm Julie Wilkinson and I'm a Chartered Management Accountant and I'm excited to be launching the Build and Exit podcast. This podcast is for business owners and entrepreneurs who are looking to expand their business portfolio by acquisition or at some point in the future want to exit their business. We're going to bring real life stories and experiences of people who have grown by acquisition, who have exited their businesses and other areas of business such as funding and cash flows. So there'll be lots of opportunity to learn different areas of business and how you can, in the end, transition your business from a lifestyle to an asset. So look forward to seeing you soon. Hi, and welcome to the Build and Exit podcast with Julie Wilkinson. I'm the founder of Wilkinson Accounting Solutions, and we specialize in accounting and consultancy, uh, helping businesses with acquisitions and exit strategy planning. So today we have Leanne Dawson. I'm really excited to have her as a guest. Thanks for coming, Leanne. Leanne has almost two decades of experience working in financial services. So one of the things we're going to be looking at today is brokerage and funding, especially for the acquisition route. Uh, Leanne actually had her own business, set up her first business in 2009, which she successfully sold um, and now owns a brokerage commercial finance um, company and helped over 50 people in 2022 access successful funding. So thanks for coming, Leanne. Over to you if you'd like to tell us a little bit about um, your background and yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Um, I always love these things. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, as Julie said, so I've been in finance now for yeah, just short of 20 years. I don't know where they've actually gone. I um, started off in retail banking. So sort of did, you know, when you walk into a branch and you see someone as a cashier. So that, that was my sort of starting point and then moved on quickly into financial advice. So by the time I was 21, I was a qualified financial advisor. So um, that was really good and interesting. So carried on doing that, did it a little bit in Spain um, and basically sort of recession hit. So I think we'll all remember sort of 2008 and the recession. So let me tell you, it's not a great time to be a financial advisor, especially when you're overseas doing it as well at that point. So when I came back, I had sort of a reassess of like a, a career focus really in terms of what I enjoyed and what I didn't like. And I had children at the time as well. So I went back to um, university because I wanted to know more about business. I'd always had like a, an understanding, inclination, desire to learn anything about business. And some family owners, family members, sorry, they had their own businesses as well. Um, my dad did. So it was sort of just understanding the desire to do that. But also, I think any business owner, there's uh, that risk level because you're no longer paid, are you? There's no salary there. There's no anything else. So there's, there's that sort of yeah, jumping point of being able to do it. Um, so when I went to God University, and it feels so long ago now, and that's when I set up the business, Julie. So because I had children at the time, you obviously have a mortgage to pay. I wanted to go study and I was making the decision to do that. But at the same time, I had bills to pay and whatever else. So I went to um, a franchise exhibition, actually, for inspiration because I had like, I think I was like a year into my degree. And obviously thought I knew everything about business and was ready to run one, um, <laughs> which you need a little bit more than that. So went and I had a look at uh, gross profit margins. So it was all about, it was more about um, not desire of what business I wanted long-term, but a business in terms of what could give me the funding and lifestyle I needed to fund my degree um, and something that I could do. So I ended up having a teeth whitening business, 
which com- like, you know, yeah, completely different to what I do now. And I'm not into beauty at all as well, but I am very uh, meticulous with what I do. And it, it was a business. Now, I'd say that I learned more from that than any form of education um, or any training I'd done at the bank previously. Because what I didn't envisage is when you set up a business is you've got all the sales and marketing function, you've got all the back office, all the literature, everything you've got to put in place to make it a success. So with that, um, I also I also think there's a bit of luck as well. So I entered at a time that which was the peak time for that sector. It was really good. So the price point was really high. Um, there wasn't as much competition because it was just that that edge before there's a lot of competition. So I do attribute a lot of it to luck as well. And then also a niche. So rather than just having so I can go mobile and do sort of um, beauty services, um, I ended up going to stores and I ended up with four stores in the end. And then I also end up with a special Asian um, in Asian weddings as well. So we had a, a, a big growth on that. So I carried on. That um, allowed me to pay my bills, study full time for my business degree, and basically fund my degree. So I left. I left my degree with with it paid off um, through through yeah through that business that was set up, and then. I joined, I still had this inclination that I I wanted to join and grow from a corporate ladder, you know, rather than like I thought that was the way of success as well. So I joined RBS and yeah, in commercial banking. And it was sort of a step back. So I'd been a financial advisor before, owned my business before, and then I started at the bottom run ladder because I didn't know anything about asset-based lending. So you have to. And I'm always one for that. You learn for the bottom and, and work your way up, which I think you should do. So, God, it'll be 11 years ago now. So when I was doing that, I carried on with um, running my own business as well. And that lasted probably about 18 months. And then I had people running it for me at that time. Was this the it team was, finding business? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so we were, we were still running the shops. Um, we was doing really well, still doing the weddings. But what I was doing was... Um, working in the day then spending the evenings and over like early hours working doing that as well so um I got an offer so again I didn't know what I was doing I got an offer to to sort of um to sell it so we had the negotiations had a look through um and yeah it was it was the right time I also I was following the sector as well and the regular the legislation was changing and there was it, it was becoming more difficult. There was also the barriers to entry are really low. So the price point had changed. So if, if I give you an inclination, so when I started doing it, it was £400 a session. At the end, people was doing it for £80. So this was the business you eventually sold? Was this, it was the teeth whitening business, yes. the business you sold in 2012. So, so how, what method yes. of sale did that go through? Well, I didn't really think anything. We, we, we just went to the solicitor. So because I got offered, it was someone who, who works for me. So it's more like a, an MBO type of thing, really, if it had been a much larger business. So they put an offer in. Um, it was it was more than reasonable. And to be fair as well, she was also, she was running the day-to-day now. Okay. The manager of the business bought it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Brilliant. Yes, so we got solicitors involved, sorted out the SPA, and it was all simple. To be honest, I didn't think anything of it. It was just something, a stage of my life that I did, um, learned loads from it, and I was at the next stage then of going into asset-based lending. Now, I love working with businesses, with business owners, 
that was where I'd say the last 11 years of absolutely, I've just enjoyed all of it. I really am. Um, I'm, I'm naturally really nosy, which I think helps. So that when you get, when you go and speak to someone, I really do um, love to listen about what they're doing. So where they've come from, where they want to go and how can we help them? Um, so yeah, the last 11 years worked through different posts, high street banks, um, independent channel, but I always knew that I wanted to set up a commercial finance brokerage. Oh, brilliant. So that was sort of, it was, it was, yeah, it was getting ready f- for this. And I'd say that a lot of female business owners, one, we struggle to take on debt. And second, we also, um, yeah, one of the things is imposter syndrome and you always think you need to know. So if, if someone needs to know an answer, I'd, le- I'd need to know that I know 120% of that answer to give it to them. Yeah. So I probably spent too long prepping and getting ready to do it. So I probably, I could have I could have set up Mills Commercial Finance a couple of years ago easily, really easily. But there was that thing of leaving full-time salary and I went over to a company called Newable as well to set up a brokerage for them. That was on an exit basis. I was only ever in there to grow the business and exit. I was never staying in. But what it did was sort of give me the thing of like that stepping stone of learning. Yeah, yeah. So in the brokerage company now then, so you did these 50 deals in 2022. So, you know, this station looks a lot at acquisitions and exit strategy planning. So if someone is coming to you as a brokerage company and looking to do an acquisition once funding, what is the typical thing that you're asking them to give you? So basically, I need to know about them as individuals. So obviously, the financial information is one start is one part of it. But I need to know about them. So I need to know about why the acquisition? What's their background? Is the background in that sector? If it's not, why are they acquiring that business? Um, then there's also having a look in terms of why, why are they acquiring? Is it because the building is just, it, it's, it's an MBO and basically the opportunities there to take over and it's probably just going to be that, that one business and that's going to be their lifestyle or is it sort of um, looking more like MBI type strategies or a buy and build strategy? So I have a look at them and to understand them and understand their goals about what they want. So that's sort of, that's sort of the first stage really of going through there. Then the second stage is then obviously the numbers. So generally what happens is they'll have gone to market and they'll have, they'll have found a business they like to acquire. So they'll also, they'll have their advisors as well that are working with them. Um, at that point, they'll have the IM that they can send over to me as well. So we'll have a look and what they'll do, they'll produce the IM, last three year accounts. We'll have a look at the asset schedule as well to have a look what's there. And then um, at the first point, they won't have the forecast or anything because this will be very early stage. So they'll give me the details and then they'll sort of say, right, from this, what do you think we can raise to then go ahead to heads of terms? So we work with them more like a relationship sort of thing um, of how we can help. Oh, brilliant. So what do you find is a common, do you find that people that are coming to you are prepared? Or do you think a lot of people don't really understand sort of the funding process in general? What, what's your view on it? Um, <laughs> very rarely prepared. Right. Especially especially if it's, if it's the first acquisition. If it's the first acquisition, very rarely prepared. Once we've done two or three of them, they then also built the team around them because 
that's what's important as well. Have they got the right CFR? Have they, you know, if it's their accountant doing the work for them as well, advising them, have they got the right legal team? They won't have that when they first draw that, that first acquisition early stage. They probably just, some of it's um, opportunistic. Yeah. It, it's someone that they've worked for or used to work for years ago and they know the sector and they've come back in and they've got this opportunity. So there's an education piece because generally I also need to understand the deal structure. And that's where it sort of falls down because a lot of the time early stage, they won't know it. And with some of them we get involved with, they're so early that they've never done it before and they don't even know that deferred consideration is an option. Mm. So they believe that, okay, it's valued at a million pounds. I've got to give them a million pounds on day one. They don't know the options that are available to structure the deal. Yeah, but from our conversations, because we've spoken to before, I mean, that's one of the things that you do, isn't it? I suppose maybe over and above some other finance brokers is you actually help them with the strategy of the of the funding. So um, do you help people talk, do you talk through those sorts of deal structures and things as part of the financing? Yes, yeah. It's not It's not my place to structure them. It's my place no. to give them the advice of what's, um, what options are available. And then part of what I do is, it's like us, uh, Julie, it's, it's relationship building with other professionals where we've got our own pre- professionalism. I focus on funding. I do not prepare accounts. Do you know, I do not prepare forecasts or do any modelling. That is... You know, it's outsourced to someone else. It's having that right team. What I do is show them what's available in the market. And the same with like a lot of the advisors I work with, they're great at that, but they, they can't possibly know every single lender in the market because they're busy looking after the clients. So yeah, yeah. it's, I feel really sorry, like for a lot of owners, there's, there's so much out there. It's impossible for one person to sort of do all of it. And when you do try and do all of it, that's where you fall down as well. Yeah, yeah. So if you're going to give advice to someone looking to do their first acquisition, what do you think would be the key things they need in place before they try to get the funding? They need to understand that the deal works so that they need to understand and have maybe an accountant to have a look if they're not good at the numbers to understand what that business looked like. Because on accounts, it may look like like it's profitable. It doesn't mean it's making money. Cash flow is a very different thing. Um, Yeah, so I'd say sort of focus on that. A lot of the inquiries we're getting in at the moment, Julie, are 100% debt raise. And I think that most um, finance brokers, if, if they watch this, they'll have had probably 10 applications each week across their desk of 100% debt raise for acquisitions. Some deals just don't work. And if you've not got any skin in the game, as they say it, um, then you can't expect certain lenders to do it. So if it's going to be a cash flow loan, they need to have something in it. The 100% debt raise tends to be on your sort of your, your ABL asset-based lending type of deals that you can do in structure. So if it's that deal, what they need to have a look at is make sure they've got the asset schedule with them as well. So even off the balance sheet, off the balance sheet, we can ask more questions to understand what they need. Yeah. Um, but I'd say just understanding why they're doing it and make sure they've got information and try not to get too giddy <laughs> and try to you know, like keep it down because... A lot get pressured as well to sort of, it's got to happen if, if I don't get to heads of terms, but, you know, in this set time period, the sale's not going to happen. There's other parties. A lot of the time, there's not other parties, or they're rather at the same stage you are. Everyone's doing the due diligence, and that's the most important part. 
Yeah, it's interesting you say, isn't it, about the 100% um, you know, loan because it's like trying to go and get a mortgage and get a 100% mortgage. It just wouldn't happen. What's your take on... So obviously we see a lot of acquisitions through Wilkinson's and I think there's a lot of these courses out there these days advertising no money down deals. You know, you can do it. And I think a lot of it... Uh, have you seen that in the market? I mean, what's your view on these types of propositions to people? <laughs> Yeah, I'll try and keep this clean and won't swear, um, which I'm not um, The courses. Um, it's the new fad. Everyone is selling a course, honestly. If, if you was... I've not found one good one yet. And I think we'll all know there's a there's a, um, a very prolific person on LinkedIn that actually shows some of these courses and get rich courses and um, and shows them for what they are. You have to know your stuff. It's not that easy. Do you know anyone who's selling you a dream of, oh, yeah, it's fine. Do you know, go in there. We'll sort the finance out for you. You can have a business. You've got people coming where they're not a homeowner. They're not from the sector. They don't, they've got no value add and they wouldn't know how to run the business yet. They go on one of these courses and then all of a sudden they, f- they feel that they uh, they can rule the world. And that's good. And you know, like enthusiasm is really good. Um, but yeah, there's also realism. Um, I can't say it a nicer way really without sort of going in and up swearing. No. I have exactly the same feeling because what I find a lot with these people advertising these no money down deals, what I want to know is they're not with them nine months down the line when they're struggling with the cash flow, which is the types of things we see after the deal goes live and they start struggling with the cash. So so then just break out. So in terms of different types of financing in sort of a simple term, if you can, what do you think are the different types of financing for different types of business that you would like potentially recommend or help people with? Yeah, so 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 my business is I'm a cash flow specialist. That's the easiest way to say it. So I help business trading businesses, trading businesses with cash flow. So when we look at the products then, so that ends up coming in a multitude of products. Um your main one is your invoice finance for your working capital. So that reputation was frowned upon. It works great in growing businesses because it allows you to grow it and you can take on tenders and contracts knowing that you've got the finance in place to maintain them as long as you keep a, a cap on the headroom. Um, asset finance. So I've seen more of that um, since the beginning of this year. So refinance. So what we're doing is we're refinancing the assets and putting them over five or six years, putting cash back into the business and then lowering their outgoings. So we've seen a lot of that. Um, bridging and revolving credit facilities have been very popular. So um, I think we on revolving credit facilities, we've been doing about four each month. Now, what they are is basically because the, the banks have pulled the overdrafts, which they did years ago, and then you haven't got um, many options of funding. So it allows you, it's basically an overdraft, but secured. That's the easiest way of saying it. So if they've got any tangible security, then what we can do is we can, we can put like a pot of money that's there that can be dipped in and out of when they need it. So then it's not like a loan. So they're not having to service it each month. So they haven't got that that figure that they've got to find every month if they've got any seasonality. Um, we obviously do a lot of unsecured loans and secured loans. And um, we're still one of the brokerages as well that are still doing the recovery loan scheme. Now, um, most of the ones that I speak to aren't actually doing many and it's not been a success. There's 
it's not as easy to write. And I always say that, I say to my clients, why do you want it? Because there's there's only certain benefits of it now. It's mainly because the interest rate's capped at 14.9, whereas your loans at the moment, some of them have increased to exponential rates um, and you can get money over six years. So we are doing those um, as well. So we, we did the advice. They're more advisory because you have to do a full application, analysing the accounts and a business plan to put forward for them. But we're, we're still doing those as well. Basically, anything secured, anything puts cash back in. Yeah, no, it's really good. Yeah, and you've done a lot of deals, obviously. So 2022 was a good year for you. So in terms of yeah. your other business then, because I know you've got quite a bit in the future. I mean, you're, you're launching into a few new businesses, aren't you, yourself? So uh, what, to give us a bit of a background about, I just love um, a bit of entrepreneurial spirit. I think it's good for business owners just to see how other people are doing things and, um, you know, what's enticing them and how they're moving into it. So tell us a little bit about these other ventures you're going into. Yeah, so um, I don't tend to advertise these on LinkedIn. I tend to just keep it to the finance brokerage for this. So, but yeah, no, so I have my own strategy. So that's why I think that I can work with people who are looking to acquire businesses because I, you know, it's it's something that I'm looking at getting involved in myself. Um, so yeah, so there's basically trading businesses. So we'll be looking at a portfolio of trading businesses that will be built over a three to five year um, and exit for sale. So we're working on now in terms of the sectors of what we'll go into um, and there's a number of them that are already trading so they should be live over the next couple of months and um, so then what I'll do is is going as a director and shareholder of those. I've also got the cleaning business as well uh, which are parts one side because I've been a little bit busy so what what that does it's all domestic cleaning but we've not been able to get it scaled. And this is the thing, it's we've got successes and we've got failures. So this is one of them that I'd say has been taking a bit of time up and it's been moving from domestic to commercial. And that has been a struggle and it shouldn't be because there's loads of commercial work. But the problem is, is staffing. I can't get, I can't get the number of staffing I need to make sure I don't let down the contracts and I can't make sure they're going to turn up. You can try recruitment advisors. So we're looking at different things. So there's that as well, which hopefully um, we push that should scale over the next 18 months. But the I'll take focus. And the final one is, again, going back into beauty as well. Um, so into clinics. So investing like uh, Botox clinics as well on the training side. Um, so yeah, so I have um, I have a, a few things that I'm um, yeah involved in, and it's it's always it's taking the right opportunities, Julie. It's always it's always the same of what's right. A lot of the time, if I'm going in with someone, if it's something of a more longer term strategy, I'll go in as a consultant first to understand the business and then see what value I can add. If I can't add any value, there's no point in me being in there. Yeah, yeah. So, but again, on those, it's the right team. I don't the trading businesses. I'll oversee them. I won't be in running them day to day. You have yeah. to have the right leadership team in situ to run them. Otherwise, they don't work. So if you haven't got that and you haven't got time to be in there all the time, which obviously you don't have, um, you can quite easily get it wrong. So it's making sure that you've, you're always assessing the levels of risk on each on each opportunity. Oh my God, you have literally just re-said my LinkedIn post today. I bet you've been stalking me today. No, I'm only talking. You have, to, you have to go and have a look at it. You literally, the, those words have just like I'm replicated what I put on LinkedIn today. That is just hilarious. So you're obviously rolling up a few different companies and doing your own thing. I mean, 
So I think for women in business specifically, especially in the acquisition, I mean, I know I'm in the acquisition industry and I would probably say 98%, well, 95%, I'd say now of people we work with is probably still men. So I think it's interesting. That's why I like having female guests as well, because I think it's really like inspirational, especially for women. But I suppose you're doing all these things. What is your own personal end goal? Do you have, are you happy to share? Have you got someone in mind? Um, yeah, I've got loads of kids. Just feed them. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, the end. The end goal is is basically um, to be financially capable, so the children are getting older, um, which I'm getting older. Um, so yeah, so each one of them has a different end goal. So the commercial finance brokerage is ideal. So we'll grow it, and we'll grow it to a point where it would be sellable. In three to five years, but we won't sell. It's not there to sell. It's there to, to continue and to carry on growing. Um, the investment side on the businesses, they're all exit, every one of them. Some of them will group um, on a larger exit, so then we'll try and get it to a certain multiple of EBITDA now. Some of the other ones, they're, they're more like um, just getting involved of a lifestyle where I might end up as a non-exec. But ultimately, um, yeah, the key is to work incredibly bloody hard over the next five years um, and then be able to then wind it back in. So the businesses will run, will have happened to a certain point, but then they won't need me in them as much. So then I can spend some time traveling. Um, I don't know. I don't know yet because it's still it's still there, but I'll, I'll have more free time, probably the only free time since I was about 20 years old. So um, it's all here now just to be financially cute. Yeah, yeah. No, it sounds but brilliant. Yeah. Such, um, you know, and and these opportunities. Then, I mean, interesting. Like, how do they come about? Do you actively go out and seek them, or have people asked you? I've, I've, I've not gone out and sought any of them. They've um, come to you, have they? Directly? Through, yeah, through reputation. So usually, they might have been advised to speak to me from their accountant or the business consultant, or it may be. A lot of it tends to be where I've worked with a business previously. So then they'll talk to someone else and then, yeah, um, it snowballs from there. But I've not, yeah, I've, that's what I mean. A lot of it is hard work has gone in over a long time to get to you know, to the knowledge. Um, I do know a little bit. I'm quite dizzy sometimes, but I do know a little bit. Um, so there's that. But then it's luck. It's luck as well, I think. So it's, it's yeah. I do feel like I've been, I've worked really hard. So whether some people say that creates luck as well, but I do think, I've, you know, I have been lucky as well to to bump into the right people, meet the right people going out and stuff like that to then build a reputation. So. Yeah. Well, you know, selling a business, working in brokerage and now doing all these um, investments, you've definitely going to be a go-to person. So I'm glad that I've stolen you on the podcast first, to be honest. <laughs> so my my new channel so well thanks so much for coming on so what is next for you then over the next sort of 12 months what's your focus the focus is to basically the finance brokerage needs to be the main focus so investments they'll be sorted so the next couple of months they'll be done um the focus is streamlining so my processes still aren't where they need to be 
um, and bringing, I've, I've obviously got people that work for me. I've got some more people that like to hire in June, but I can't hire them until my, it's not all in here, as my coach says, and it's written down in processes and structure to allow that. So that's my focus for this year is to make it feel more like a business on the finance brokerage rather than most people who know me are just usually like, it's me just running around, you know, um, so it's structure. And that's my number one. The, we're very lucky the inquiries come in. We're very lucky our introducers love us. So we don't have to worry about work, if that makes sense. Our, our concern is handling them at the best quality we can and not letting people down. So that's where we need some of our, our yeah, our CRM system sorting and some of our documentation um, sorting out so it's an easier process. So the revenue will come anyway. It's it's now really time to focus on the back of the underneath of that that yeah building up the business before it all comes tumbling down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been there too. That's what we're focusing on in our business at the minute. Now we've just closed our acquisition last week. You know, we're getting all the systems and everything set up. So, so if people need to contact you then about uh, brokerage or you know talking about acquisition in general, where can they find you? What's the best place for them to find you? So the easiest place to find me is on LinkedIn, uh, Leanne Dawson. Um, you'll find the one with extremely long LinkedIn posts, as I keep being told. Um, and my email address is leanne at millscommercialfinance.co.uk. Brilliant. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Leanne. And um, no, you're welcome. I am looking forward to the uh, viewers seeing our second Build and Exit podcast as we're just launching um, over the next couple of weeks. So thanks so much. And um, yeah, I, we've got lots coming up on our channel soon. So subscribers, keep subscribing to see more of this type of um, podcasts. So once again, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our podcast. I hope you found it useful. If you think there's anyone else in your network that might benefit from our podcast, then please share it with them. Either just click the link and send it to them or send it in a Facebook group or other social media channel. Don't forget to subscribe so other podcasts come to you directly as and when we launch them. So I'm really looking forward to seeing you next time. We've got some really exciting things coming up and we'll see you again soon. 